it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. Today, we have a hairstylist, author, musician, and the author of the Haircutter's Handbook, 1986-2020, or other ni- otherwise known as the most famous hairdresser you've never heard of. So I want to welcome David Kinnickson today. So welcome, David. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of a little bit about your background. I'll let you introduce yourself first. Sure, Brad. Thanks for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I want to shout out to all the hairdressers that are going through difficult times right now, whether it's emotional or physical or economical. I want to say hi, and I'm there with you, even though we're obviously not together. We are one industry. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my heart goes out to everybody today in the country for so many reasons. Yeah, and I really like that everybody's band together and we've utilized, you know, a lot of them are posting selfies in social media, but now we've come together a lot more because you think if anything, because of lockdown separation, um, that we'd be kind of apart. But in some ways, I think this has kind of brought us closer together, kind of what we're doing today over Zoom. And then we're still meeting, we're still dialoguing, we're still connecting, maybe not in person, but we can still get our message out there through, through a different format. And a lot of, uh, I know salons are starting to open. I'm not sure in your area, but here in Canada where I live, they have actually opened two thirds of the area that I live in. And I'm just the one third that's not open. <laughs> so my clients have been waiting basically since the middle of March. We've been in lockdown. So everybody's getting antsy and we'll probably look around, around July. I think same as UK. What is it in your area? In Florida here, um, salons have opened now for about a month. Uh, okay. Slow going and, uh, you know, some regulations. Um, I just got off watching um, my good friend and, you know, dear colleague, uh, Nick Arojo. He's oh, in yeah. New York, which is where yeah. I'm from. And they still haven't opened yet. So oh. the nation's all over the place with varying degrees of opening and varying degrees of mandated and re- mm-hmm. uh, required and suggested yes. protocols. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people are, I would hope, doing their best. Um, we really have, I know you asked me about my background, but we're on this, you know, we're yeah. on this. Yeah, we can always touch on that a little later. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a great opportunity right now as an industry. We're only one of three licensed, uh, one, one of three professions licensed yes. to touch people. We have OSHA and uh, 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 health and hygienic and sanitation mm-hmm. uh, uh, testing and certification that other industries don't have. And this is such an opportune time for our industry to have a voice in what goes on for us, whether it be licensing, regulations, school, and in this case, how to open. And um, I think we really have an opportunity to have that industry voice uh, a singular voice that many other industries have that we, um, we haven't had in the past. Uh, we could step into that opportunity now. Exactly, because you're right, because I know here where I am in Canada, as far as training, we have to, um, we have to do 1500 hours. And then after that, we have to do another 2000 hours apprenticeship. So total of 3500 hours. And like, you're right, that is part of our protocol is no recognizing disease. It's also we know the body system, we know how to clean, we know how to sanitize. And if anything, we probably should be one of the people that open a little bit sooner because we are qualified. But as I say, like you, ours is, is um, 
we're doing a gradual stage opening so they can see what's going to happen. Perhaps just because the industry, normally hairstylists, they see a lot of clients in a day. And maybe that's the thing with, if you've got a salon with 10 stylists and each stylist does eight to 10 people a day, you have that many people going, you know, coming in and coming through. But yeah, as I say, there's protocols that we have to cover where some say blow dry, some say no blow dry, some say, you know, you have to wear a mask, you have to wear a shield, you have to have partitions between your stations. There's, there's all kinds of, but I think it's governed here. Um, from more town to town as opposed to or province to province and probably with yours state to state as yeah, well. And, and like you pointed to, when, when it comes to the bureaucracy or, or government, they, they make blanket rules yes. that uh, are meant to handle maybe most people, maybe some people, uh, yes. whatever they think is the right thing, I would hope. Yes. On the other hand, uh, it isn't always the right thing, and they don't ask the right people. You know, when I was opening my salon uh, 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 12 or 13 years ago, mm -hmm. I had to deal with the building, uh, the, the building department. Yes. And uh, when it came to lighting my salon, mm -hmm. they told me how many lumens it would take to properly light a haircut or color, okay. when yes. in fact it it was inadequate. And it's okay. the same thing with coming back to work. You know, I am a writer, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and um, at, on National uh, Hairdressing, Hairdresser Celebration Day, yes. I wrote an op-ed, and in part, it, I posted it on, on my uh, Haircutters Handbook group yes. page. And in, in large measure, it, it, it pointed to how um, we are not being asked Yes. What to do? Meanwhile, restaurants are opening all mm -hmm. over the place, selling food yeah. from the curb, selling yes. alcohol from the curb. But a hair salon is far more hygienic, and exactly more about the requirements and rules for for sanitation and hygiene and disease mm -hmm. that than than any server or hostess or or busboy or even yes. a chef likely mm -hmm. uh, so so things are a little skewed but there is an opportunity now and hopefully um as we re-emerge with long-standing protocol yes. hairdressers are are asked you know mm -hmm. for their input well and to have put or a governing uh you know sort of body that will kind of speak for the hairdressers here we have the allied beauty association the aba so they're kind of coming forward speaking up because we do have the qualifications we do have the training pretty much everything we do is seen out front like a chef in the back in a restaurant unless it's an open concept you don't see what they're doing before they bring your food here you know uh, basically, you know, you might go in the back to mix color, but every salon's a little bit different. You might be a one person shop that's fine that only sees one client only and then has a break, has another client, and you're fine to do people where other people, as I say, have a lot more. But the one thing that's good that came out of it, I think putting up the partitions and doing some of that stuff, I think is good because always we have to deal with cold flu season. If it can kind of cut down some of that, I'd rather have my, my staff or other clients feel safer or me working than, you know, so I think in some ways some good things have come from it, that it makes things a little bit safer for us. Yes, there is a little bit of expense. And yes, some people have been closed since, since March and, and the government does offer some PPP and, and that sort of thing. If you're fortunate enough not to take it, it's probably a bonus but at least they have it there for you. 
just in case to get yourself restarted and that sort of thing as well. And I think that's a big thing that's on people's minds now because I actually run the Canadian Hairstylist Network. So it's a network for just Canadian hairstylists that are in Canada. So of course, it's much easier. There are a lot of hair groups, but unfortunately for us, a lot of them are based in US. So a lot of those rules don't apply to us and vice versa for you as well. <laughs> There, got it. <laughs> everybody wants you. They're, 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 you know, they're, and 11 11. Everybody wants me at 11 11. Oh, um, wow. It must be, it must be a sign. <laughs> it's always a sign. Um, I think, you know, besides the things that you pointed to as an yeah. educator, um, I, I think it's also a perfect opportunity for people to slow down, mm-hmm. slow down, you know, because there's always a lot of focus on making money. Yes. Um, as well as being creative and being technically sound, all the yes. different things, you know, how to do a proper consultation and all mm-hmm. these different things. But it happens. All of yes. these things happen inside of whatever culture your salon is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And right now, people are forced to mm-hmm. slow down. They yes. can't have. 10 people in the salon in no. many places you can't even have more than one per stylist yes at six feet apart mm-hmm. and so each each client needs to be greeted and yes. each in a way that it, it it used to be for some hairdressers mm-hmm. moving around and yes right here and i'll be right back and you know and now everyone everyone yes. has to slow down and that mm-hmm. opportunity to slow down time mm-hmm slow down time is an essential aspect of developing skills. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's behind the chair, as an educator, as yes. a performer, mm-hmm. the ability, you know, athletes learn to slow yes. down time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that can be a very abstract concept. However, we get to see that right now mm-hmm. because everyone has to slow down. Yes. And so now what the question becomes, what are you going to do with that time? Mm-hmm. And this is the opportunity to expand uh, your protocols and yes. expand your skill set and your consultation skills and mm-hmm. all the different aspects of uh, our industry that maybe were challenges mm-hmm. for, uh, for some hairdressers. Uh, and didn't have the time yes. to address, you now can address them. Mm-hmm. Uh, consultation is, is one that comes to mind. Cutting hair, you have the opportunity to take a moment and slow down, not rush to get to the next one. So now that you can address maybe challenges you have in the hairline, mm-hmm. or how do you work the ear, or whatever your challenge may mm-hmm. be in haircutting consultation skills, we now have the opportunity on mass to yes. uh, slow it down and to that you know to expand just a little bit further on that right now mm-hmm. there is so much uh free uh education being mm-hmm. offered by so many of us uh online yes. whether it's independent like myself independent mm-hmm. in conjunction with a manufacturer yes. you know people you know people i look up to uh mm-hmm. 
who are peers of mine doing just yes. massive amount of, of great education. And I'm always excited when, when I'm unaffiliated with a yes. I'm independent. <laughs> so when someone mm -hmm. asks me to come and do a class with them yes. or for them on their line, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very uh, excited about that. And, and so I would like to, you know, I don't um, talk about products very much, mm -hmm. but I do want to thank a particular product line mm -hmm. right now, Olaplex. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I'm not a colorist. Yeah. And I don't personally use the product. Yes. My colorists use mm -hmm. the product and everyone speaks highly of it. But yes. I do want to shout out Joe Santi and, and Jeff Schwartz for making their channel available to so many hairdressers mm -hmm. from so many backgrounds, whether independent or product affiliated. It, mm -hmm. it, it was it was it was multipartisan. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, and while I'm on it, I, I don't you know, want to just, people like uh, Sam Via and mm -hmm. Sonia Dove and Candy yeah. Shaw and Nicholas. Yes. Rose. I yeah. mean, you know. They're all they, great, great people, yeah. <laughs> and they're giving up their time. Yeah. And, and I really also want to shout out one other mm -hmm. uh, hairdresser that probably nobody knows. He's a former apprentice of mine mm -hmm. from back in the day in New York. He owns okay. his own salon. In um, in New Jersey, okay. and about to open up called Chop Chop Bang Bang. And oh, <laughs> Statland, yeah, has been on the air live. Mm -hmm. I can't begin to tell you how many times talking to the universe, talking yes, to invisible people doing the most beautiful cut and color on mm -hmm. mannequins, giving him. This is a man who knew how to use his downtime. Yes. So well and so generously. So mm -hmm. to all of those educators, I just want to say, you know, way to use your time and and it's I'm an on, I'm honored to know you. Well, exactly, and that's the time. And this is a time a lot of people were just freaking out, and that kind of really tests you. You know, are you going to strive or are you going to thrive? So a lot of people took to that. And like you said, Olaplex had their platform, allowed these educators all to come in for free because they thought, oh, no, there's no premiere show this year. Well, okay, that's fine. We're just going to jump ahead and let's do it all online. And then people can watch it directly. They can comment. They can interact. Mm -hmm. Or they can watch the replay and see. And I know you've done a lot of classes online as well. And you have a, a – a, fairly big following that that follow you that watch your stuff that know your stuff we're going to get into the haircutters handbook in a bit but we'll kind of jump in but yeah well, like you're saying i think the art of the consultation has been lost i think people that are double booked triple booked and their assistants are doing everything and then basically they may cut and that's it the assistant will weave their foils, they'll wash the hair, they rinse the perm, they'll do the blow dry after, the client gets to the front and then they're charged the hairstylist price, even though the juniors or the assistants have done most of it. So how are you really creating a relationship when you're so busy? And that's what I'm saying, because now if we have to check temperatures or we have to actually talk to the person because you want to make sure they're okay, but I think basically with a consultation that's your most important part even if for 25 years they love the same hairstyle at least ask them every single time if they're happy would you like a change okay you like the haircut maybe let's style it a little bit differently you know so they show because we are in a creative business so i think even for ourselves we have to be creative or you just get bored you get complacent oh it's only so and so it's my 930 well your 930 has a name <laughs> you know, and they're the one that's supporting you, right? If you're not bringing money into the shop, 
your boss doesn't need you or your shop will close. So I think people have to get back to the basics and that's one main thing. And I think that's why your book is really good too, which I want to talk about it now, but we're going to talk about it later because <laughs> there's so much in it. There's so much in it. Yeah. So, but, um, so well, yeah, we'll jump back to the original. So let's get a little bit about your background. So for the people that have never heard of you, <laughs> let's, let's uh, know a little bit more about David. Sure. Uh, so again, my name is David Kinnickson, and I'm out of New York originally. Um, I began hairdressing uh, approximately 45 years ago uh, in New York, and I was in college. My first love before hair and before women uh, uh, was uh, writing, language and writing. Uh, it's among my earliest memories, my mother teaching me to read and to write. And so I was in school to be a writer, and I thought that if my if my poetry didn't sell, I was destined to be an English teacher like my cousins. And I didn't want that future. Mm -hmm. And uh, I grew up in a, in a family, in a household that we weren't thought of as creative. So I'm known in my family as like breakout creative. Okay. And I, I was in college, as I said, I was writing short stories and poetry, doing very well, getting A's. And, uh, I was earning money working at a bank as a teller. Oh, and okay. uh, I also was a croupier at illegal uh, Las Vegas nights at churches and <laughs> synagogues. And I used to run the roulette wheel and yeah. I used to deal blackjack. And there I was, uh, 19 years old, mm -hmm. and um, I was sitting in a hair salon, which is known as a unisex salon at the time. Yeah. My hair was down to about here. Mm -hmm. uh, I was sitting waiting for my uh, stylist, Robbie to come okay. over, my hair was uh, I'd freshly shampooed. Okay. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, man, oh, I'll digress for a second. No, I had ahead. thought about if I didn't want to yeah. be an English teacher, yeah. what did I want? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I thought that I, I wanted to be able to be creative. I wanted to be able to talk when I was working and not be yes. told by the boss to be quiet and get back mm -hmm. to work. I wanted to have some freedom in how I dressed, music playing. I wanted to meet women. I wanted to be able to travel. Yes. And I wanted to be able to go into business for myself if I wanted to. Yes. And there I was sitting in the hair salon. Ah. And I looked around and I said, you know, this looks like fun. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like work. Yeah. And so Robbie came over and, uh, and I said to him, how do you become a hair cutter? Because mm -hmm. that's what they were. They okay. were hair cutters. It was yes. a unisex salon. There was no, it was, it was 1972, 73-ish. Yeah. And um, he said, well, you go to beauty school, pass a test, get a license, you're a hair cutter. And okay. I said to Robbie, what if I don't have talent? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, uh, you, uh, you study ballet. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And dance. I'm like, yeah. He yeah. says, you did some acting. I'm like, mm -hmm. Yes. He says, uh, you write poetry, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, <laughs> I cut my hair. Sure. Yeah. And, and he said, don't worry. You're creative. Mm -hmm. You'll have talent. Yes. And that was the best guidance counseling mm -hmm. I ever had. I went home that day. I told my parents that I was going to become a hairdresser. I started beauty school. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first person I met at one of the best beauty schools um, in New York called Brittany Beauty School. 
okay. was my longest standing friend. We are each other's longest standing friend, uh, Mary Brunetti. Mm-hmm. We went to cosmetology school together. We know each other 44, 46 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's a little younger than me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's how I got into hairdressing. Hair, and, and I knew from the start that what I wanted to be was a hair cutter. Yes. And so I devoted myself to the study of that early on in my career. Mm-hmm. So when you told your parents, what kind of reaction did they have? Well, I sat both my parents down, <laughs> and I still remember them sitting on their bed mm-hmm. next to each other in their bedroom, mm-hmm. and I told them, and yes. they said, we support you in everything you do and anything yeah. you do, but please, stick to something already. <laughs> I've been a little bit flighty, yeah. a little bit all over the place, yeah. everything from wanting to be a jockey, because I was yeah. short at the time. Okay. Well, short, but not that yeah. short. Um, yeah. You know, to taking the New York City police test, to being a writer, and all these different things. Yes. And um, they just said, so please stick to something already. And, and mm-hmm. before my mom passed away, 13 or actually... Uh, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and my dad passing away last year, I, they were very proud of the fact that I had stuck to something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because our stories are very similar. Like you, I was in theater. I took dance. I took ballet. I took modern, you know, but it, but it really helped. Um, the dance really helped my performance side as far as acting because it, it helps with your inner core. It helps with balance. It helps with discipline. It helps with a lot of things. And because it's still creative, a creative art. And so for me, when I was going to hairdressing school, um, I thought, well, if I can't be on stage, then I'll do hair backstage. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to go to school <laughs> just with the intent that I would just do it for a year and that would be it right? Which unfortunately, a lot of the the people I went to school with ended up leaving after one year or, you know, so. And I did it one year and I said, okay, maybe I'll do a little bit more. So I did it five years, then 10 years, then 15, then 20. (laughs) So it's been a few decades now (laughs) since since I've been doing it, right? You've been doing it a little bit longer, but I'm pretty close. (laughs) Between the two of us is, uh, you know, I know for myself, I draw upon everything in my background. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that I've done, whether it be uh, uh, theater or dance yeah. or uh, my uh, transformational studies mm-hmm. or whatever it, whatever it may be, uh, yes. my athletic uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, competitions yes. and, um, and performance, they all inform what I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, when I teach haircutting because mm-hmm. there's value from all of those things. Yes. You impart with other, you know, with with people, particularly when it all boils down to when people want to uh, achieve something in their lives. They set mm-hmm. out. They have a passion. They're inspired by something, and they're going to go for it. It's yes. inevitable. Within the next ten minutes, they're going to come up against a challenge. And yes. the only difference between the people that uh, we admire mm-hmm. and us. Yes. Is that they overcame every challenge and we stopped. Yes. And if you can, yes. if, if, and if I as an educator can work with mm-hmm. uh, a professional to address one challenge at a time, then they will have a breakthrough and, and accomplish their goals. Oh. Or 
at least not be stopped. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing with having those skills, you know what I mean? Because one thing that the dance and and performance teach you, they really teach you awareness, self-awareness. They also teach you discipline, but they also teach you how to listen. So because if you're not aware and, you know, especially in any of that stuff, if you're not listening to hear the right line or to do the right move, so you're always aware. So I think that really helps and lends so much to our industry and probably made you a much better hairstylist because you already had that background. So you knew how to listen to your, um, your clients. You knew how to communicate with others. You knew how to blend into the environment because when you're on stage, you have to, you can't mess up. You can't be out of place. You have to always be aware in case there is a curveball that comes, you have to be ready. Like say that person didn't do the jump right. Say that person didn't give the right line. You have to be ready and boom, next beat. So the person doesn't even know anything happened. They assume that the way it happened is the way it's supposed to be. You know, your ability to listen in that way that you're describing, Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to roll with it is the secret to spontaneity. Yes. Is preparation. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a very important aspect of listening, but listening itself is so broad. Mm-hmm. And so while I had that initial background as a teenager, yes. and then I went to uh, college, and mm-hmm. one of the single most important aspects of my education in college was a professor uh, when I took what I thought was going to be a throwaway class, voice mm-hmm. and diction. Oh, uh, yes. I started here. Mm-hmm. what I sounded like yes. and I began to hear my New York accent ah. and, and then it opened up a whole world for me and then when I started taking transformational programs which included mm-hmm. communication programs mm-hmm. and I studied many of them and I also became certified to lead uh, programs okay. and seminars yes hundreds and thousands of mm-hmm. people in the area of communication the ability to listen to another yes. in such a way that they experience being heard mm-hmm. is so instrumental that if a person can get that powerfully in the art of the consultation, then a lot of the problems that happen between client mm-hmm. and hairdresser begin to dissolve. Yes. And a client will melt. Mm-hmm and start to listen to you. But the listening first comes over here. One of the things that I teach people is one of, one of my mantras is STFU. Okay. <laughs> Zip it. Yes. Zip it and listen. They will tell you mm-hmm. everything you need to know. Not necessarily in your language, our language, Mm -hmm. but in the best possible way they can. And it's our job to get over in their world Mm -hmm. and get who they are so that the techniques and the styles and the cuts and the colors that we do Mm -hmm. are given by the conversation of their expression of beauty and style, Mm -hmm. not what we think we should give them. And that's at the heart of it. I call it being musified, mm-hmm. listening in such a way that the person in your chair becomes your muse. And when they do, a muse inspires you. Yes. And in that moment you're inspired, you'll know exactly 
I know exactly what to cut on you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you will be outside yourself yeah. and it becomes something other than, you know, technique alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes, it becomes spiritual almost. Yes. And that's something that can reignite your fire because a lot of stylists, because they go, 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 they do so many people, they just get burnt out. But as I say, if you take that time to listen, because the last thing a client, number one, is paying for your time. So they want your attention. They want your listening ear. But as soon as they sit you down, oh, the same as last time. Okay. And you don't, they don't even have a chance to say um, no, I want to change or like, oh, I already have your color mixed up uh, and then just apply it. Or the other thing is they're talking about what they did last night, how tired they are. They're so hungover. They're <laughs> constant chatter. So how can you hear when it's constant chatter? And then the client's just sitting there smiling. But then again, her next visit, visit after, you start not seeing them anymore. So you wonder, well, where have they gone? If we all kept every client we ever did from the time we left school till (laughs) present, we'd have it made, of course. So people assume it's always the client and it's not always the client. And especially with your rule, that's very important. If you zip it, you're probably going to see a whole new world in your salon, even with even use the same principle, not only with clients, I think also with your, your manager, your boss, your fellow workers, you probably learn way more about what's going on than what you think is going on. (laughs) It's very true. You know, you point to so many things, you know, one of the key things that you point to is something called uh, what I call the law of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done talks on it, two hour talks on the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. As it applies, excuse me, to hairdressers, particularly as it applies to the client in the chair mm-hmm. or the guest. Yes. And it's almost always a diminishing return. Mm-hmm. The first time, it's a warm greeting. And yes. a, a, as lengthy a consultation as you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Over time, it's, hi, yeah, you can go back and get shampoo. Yep. But your price either stayed the same or it went up. Mm-hmm. And you maybe gave a little less. Once you start giving champagne, you better give it forever because if you don't have champagne, Mm -hmm. then she goes, what happened? I don't get champagne anymore. It's always a diminishing return that Mm -hmm. you're fighting. And right now, again, because time is is such a commodity and we have a lot of it right now mm-hmm. even though you really can't measure time that way we all have the same no. hours nobody has a lot nobody has a little we all have 24 mm-hmm. hours that's it but time is an illusion mm-hmm. time is an illusion yeah. and based on things that you said like internal conversation or yes. vocal conversation we mm-hmm. create our mindset yes. and we create our reality but time is an illusion and we need to embrace time as our friend, not there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Rather, time is my friend and I'm gonna use it wisely. Mm-hmm. You know, if I try to button my shirt and I'm running late and yes. I rush, do you ever mm-hmm. notice it takes you longer than if yes. you just breathe mm-hmm. and slow mm-hmm. down yes. time? Then all of a sudden you're effective, you're efficient. Yes. And so right now it's important, you know, same thing with answering the phone mm-hmm. uh, salons that, you know, ring, ring, ring. Hi, this is, this is the salon I'm answering the phone for. Hold, mm-hmm. please click. Yes. Now, why did you do that? Either you weren't trained properly or you don't have nope. time. You're busy, right? You got mm-hmm. three people waiting to pay two to check in and you got to answer the phone. Of and make course. 
Yeah. But if you say, I'm answering the phone for the David K salon, mm -hmm. and uh, how, how may I direct your call? Mm -hmm. I'd like to speak to David. Okay, hold yes. please. Yes. You added literally four seconds. Mm -hmm. And even if she says, and it took 10 seconds. The yes. point is, what you're trying, you're trying to save 10 seconds mm -hmm. and you're losing on the experience exactly. that you have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, time is, is an incredible ally. Yeah. And that's a, a thing too. If clients don't feel that they're heard, even that extra four to 10 seconds, if they feel they don't care about me, I'm just going to go somewhere that does. And like you said, with that champagne point, people only really do stuff for new clients, not the clients have been coming to them for years and supporting them every single month, every five weeks, every seven weeks. But no, it's only for new clients. The deal is only for new clients. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, the coupons for new clients and client. Can I get? No, you're not a new client. Well, at one time you were, but now, you know, once you bring them in, and it seems after that, like you said, it diminishes because after that, less time, less time, less time. Or, oh, it's only Mary. Okay, that's totally. fine. Yeah, like that sort of thing. So it's, it's so much that is kind of, I think, needs to be said. And people are wondering why all this stuff is happening. I think it's simplistic in one way, but not simple because these are soft skills that you need. Because you can yeah. learn how to do balayage here over the moon and be the best at it, most proficient. But if you have no personality, no people skills, you know, people are just a number or a dollar sign, or I've got to do this many people to get this. Or would you rather do um, 20 cuts for $10 each or take the time to, and do one person for 200 bucks, which is, <laughs> which is know, smarter? Everybody's market is different. Yes. And, you know, coming from, from New York City, mm -hmm. working at, at top salons from the time I started at Bedell mm -hmm. Sassoon, right up to Roger Thompson's salon at the Barney's on 7th yes. Avenue and 17th mm -hmm. before I opened Salon Dada in New York, mm -hmm. um, I've been a very elite kind of hairdresser you know yeah. i'm a departmentalized specialized hair cutter i don't do standing appointment blow dries yes. i don't do updos mm -hmm. i don't do color extensions relaxers yep. treatments or waves mm -hmm. i do one thing yes. in the salon do it well yes. hair mm -hmm. and consult with my clients and be with them so i recognize mm -hmm. that i've had a very specialized yes life and everybody else has a market that they have to go into and it's different mm -hmm. whether you're yes. in a, a budget salon or a high-end salon yes. or wherever you are in between all throughout america everybody mm -hmm. has to find what works for them yes. and the person that they work for mm -hmm. with that said again we are in an opportune moment for 45 years mm -hmm. i'm going to use a simple example Yes. I have never taken a wet towel and thrown it on a station. Mm. I have always folded it and placed yes. it down mm -hmm. and take a moment to turn to the client and say something to them mm -hmm. as I did that or concentrate. And I'm pointing to a certain kind of consistency yes. that these new protocols are going to require from everyone. Mm -hmm. Every time a guest or a client would sit down in my chair, mm -hmm. The, the tools were clean, yes. in their proper place. Mm -hmm. There were no dirty towels. All the no. products had been retained. I took 
the extra two minutes mm-hmm. to put everything away, yes. clean my tools, set them up, and be consistent because mm-hmm. it's that consistency. Yes. You know, I don't, for 45 years, mm-hmm. I don't allow coffee to come over no. to the client mm-hmm. after the consultation. Yes. While they're waiting, mm-hmm. before, but once I start, mm-hmm. now, no diminishing return because yes. they never got coffee and it never well, got taken away from them. Yes, exactly. So these, are, these are silly examples. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they're, they're insignificant or trivial, but they nope. point to a certain kind of consistency mm-hmm. that everyone has the opportunity to upgrade their performance skill set their yes. language skill set, mm-hmm. their technical skill set, yes. and what they will see. This is a crucial time. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people who are going to lose out and yes. a lot of people who are going to thrive. And the people who are going to thrive are the ones who go back to work right now mm-hmm. and go back to work committed to upgrading themselves yes. and experience that mm-hmm. their guests and clients have. That's mm-hmm. where the gold is right now. Yeah. And that's an amazing system because it shows when that client comes over, you're ready for them. Um, when I used to do it, always the, the, hair, the hair was swept in between the cut and the blow dry service. So when they left, their station was already clean. Where I worked where some, they leave the towels on the counter, they don't wash their bowls, they've got a ring around the, the station of hair. Who wants to walk into that? It's a brand new client, so it should be a brand new service. And the, the toughest thing that a lot of stylists say, I can't sell retail. Well, you're not really selling, you're recommending, but by your process, like you say, if you don't have the coffee, you don't have this, have the products right there, put them in their hands. Now you have time to talk about, you're the professional, show what you would recommend, not at the end at the counter, oh, the receptionist will show you some shampoo you need. Yeah, you know, a lot of hairdressers, look, nobody likes to be called into the office and say, this happened with a client, or she Mm -hmm. didn't like her hair, or... You need to do a redo. Nobody mm-hmm. loves that. I've no. had my share and mm-hmm. nobody likes seeing their client in another chair. We're no. human and it's personal to us. Mm-hmm. But if you are the kind of hairdresser that says she, mm-hmm. it was her. I yeah. told her exactly what I was going to do. I was, mm-hmm. I told her. Yes. Listen, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are crazy clients mm-hmm. and there are criminals Yes. There are clients that are nuts mm-hmm. and went off their meds and every once in a while, you're going to get one of them. Yes. They're rare. Every once in a while, you're going to get a client that is so happy and so friendly and is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. She took a treatment and she loved every, and over the way I got mm-hmm. my shampoo and on and on and on and on. Everything tips well. Yeah. And it's over mm-hmm. and then she becomes a criminal mm-hmm. and wants her money back or calls up. She leaves yes. happy. Right? You know, mm-hmm. we've all had that. Yes. Those are rare too. Mm-hmm. It's the most clients that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you think it was she or him that was the reason, you're mm-hmm. missing where the power is. Yes. The power is here. If mm-hmm. you take the case that not always, mm-hmm. not yesterday, not tomorrow, mm-hmm. but on this one particular client, you just didn't consult as good as you think you yes. did. Mm-hmm. Or not yesterday, not tomorrow, not every client, just this one. You mm-hmm. just maybe don't 
cut hair as good as you think you do. You just missed mm -hmm. it on that one. Yes. That's where the power is. That's where mm -hmm. our own growth is. Like, what yes. was I missing? What didn't I see? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to listening, it's not roll over and play dead. No. It's ask questions mm -hmm. and listen. Yes. And for those clients, for those, those stylists that have persistent challenges, they won't buy retail. Mm -hmm. They never let me do what I want. Yes. Uh, what do you do with a client that does this? Mm -hmm. Consider that there's no blanket answer for any of those yes. things. Mm -hmm. However, it's your own consistency. It's your own way of being that commands without force. Yes. How to resolve each of those things. Mm -hmm. I don't like talking when yammering when I'm working. I'm like mm -hmm. a Zen kind of guy. I want yep. to focus and go into my zone. And yep. sure enough, there's all talking. Mm -hmm. There's ways to handle it. Yes. That are not rude to the client. Mm -hmm. And you're not being, you know, the victim of, well, I, I want to be nice to them. Mm -hmm. And it comes from uh, uh, confidence in your consistency, confidence in your skill set, confidence yes. in what you're doing because you've put the work in. Mm -hmm. I'm a minimalist hairstylist. I do not yes. use a lot of product behind the chair. Mm -hmm. I want to show them that their haircut works on its own. Yes. Without a round brush and without mm -hmm. a volumizer per mm -hmm. se. So yes. that if you like the way it looks today, just mm -hmm. wait to when you go home and you put all your effort into it with yes. those products that you're going to purchase today. Mm -hmm. And for a guy who does not use a lot of products at the chair, yes. you can go to the bank on mm -hmm. that I'll do one for two, which, yes. is, the, which is the performance industry standard mm -hmm. performance indicator. Back in the day, it used to be retail to service. Yes. It's an erroneous number. Mm -hmm. so you don't use that so much anymore. And no. <laughs> you don't know what that means. And if yep. anybody wants to know what that means, we can, you can always DM me. Yes. Um, <laughs> without you, and mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. give them, you know, what it is that uh, they're expecting. Exactly. Because what you tell them and what they hear might be two different things. What you envision and what they envision aren't the same thing. You may say, right. even with a color, I'm going to give you a golden sunset. To them, they see pumpkin orange, right? Or, <laughs> uh, but, but, it's, but never be afraid. And I've never been afraid. If I do not understand, I will ask them until it's clarified or have them repeat back what I've said and then repeat back. So then that way right. you confirm, double confirm, triple confirm. So you know, I'm going to take exactly this much off. This is where it's going to lay. Or if you have curly hair, I need to cut it here because when it dries, it's going to be here. So they, they know every option where a lot of people are like, same as last time, just a trim. What is just a trim? Is a trim half an inch or is a trim taken back to its original state? You know what I mean? And some people, everybody thinks a trim is dust and then other people, a trim is take all the dead ends off. And basically everything above the scalp is dead anyway. So, <laughs> you know, you, know you, talk, you, you point to what's commonly trending as memory listening. Mm -hmm. When I learned it, 
you know, 35, 40 years ago yes. in my methodology of, of uh, transformational studies, it's known as ontology. Yes. It was called recreation or mm -hmm. duplication. You know, yes. I call it sincere duplication. Mm -hmm. You listen to what they're saying and authentically. Yes. Authentically is not as a manipulation. You mm -hmm. repeat back to them what yep. they said without adding anything and you take the no the negativity what i call take the no yes. out of the conversation because we say a lot of no to them mm -hmm. no your hair is too fine no your hair is too frizzy no your mm -hmm. face is too long no i need to take off more than that mm -hmm. and when you talk about a trim long-haired girls yes are a niche market mm -hmm. unto themselves. When I came down yeah. to Florida uh, 20 years ago, I looked around and I saw a lot of long-haired girls mm -hmm. and I thought about how was I going to invent myself mm -hmm. down in Florida? Was I gonna be this guy yes. who came down with whatever credentials I have mm -hmm. or was I going to take a minute and, and look and see mm -hmm. what was wanted and needed? And yes. I have to tell you, I have, as I said, you know, my career has been, you know, cush mm -hmm. and, and I cut everybody's hair above their shoulders. Yeah. I would say, look, you know, for that money that you're going to pay for me, I'll introduce you to one of my colleagues and you can get that mm -hmm. trim that you want. But now I came down exactly. these many years later mm -hmm. and I'm in another market here in Florida. Yes. And I looked around and what I did is, is I said, wow, I can make a lot of money if I can exceed Yes. long-haired girls' expectations. And mm -hmm. I began creating, uh, developing, uh, and designing styles and techniques mm -hmm. that I call cutting less for okay. greater effect. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, you can really, I now teach classes on long hair cutting to mm -hmm. exceed a long-haired girl's expectations. Yes. So rather than argue with them, you know, of course they're beautiful and if we mm -hmm. cut their hair to here, they're going to look great. Yes. But one of the criteria, in my opinion, for mm -hmm. a, an excellent haircut, one of them, is mm -hmm. she has to like it. Yes. If I like it, and she mm -hmm. hates it, it just wasn't mm -hmm. excellent. Exactly. If she likes it, and I don't like it, mm -hmm. it wasn't excellent either. Mm -hmm. I'm happy she likes it, but I'm a little more critical of myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, she does have to like it. And, and yeah. so you can... Um, when you understand the language of a long-haired girl and understand mm -hmm. certain newer techniques, particularly yes. in dry hair cutting, mm -hmm. uh, dry hair cutting for long-haired girls is uh, an amazing, an amazing mm -hmm. nomination that you will exceed their expectations. Yes, in dry hair cutting. Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, right off the bat, you will take away uh, uh, their fear mm -hmm. because they can see it right away. away. Mm -hmm. Right away, you can't yep. put their head down and. Nope. <laughs> no, it just doesn't yeah. work that way in mm -hmm. dry hair. So um, there's a lot that hairdressers can learn today, and that's why, why more more so in my career, particularly now, mm -hmm. I'm very excited about teaching because there's so much opportunity for learning and advancing one's skills because of the time that we have and the new focus on detail. Mm -hmm. And exactly. The long hair market is, I think, a big untapped market. There's a lot of people that cut long hair, but they cut long hair like they cut short hair, medium hair. They come in and then the person says, I want three layers. Or, the, or they come in and they pull it up straight. They let it fall and you have all these 
choppy lines all the way through this long hair and it's awful. It's one thing that just gets me and it's like, I know how to blend those. I know how to do invisible layering. I know how to yes. like texture it properly. And it's like, ah, uh, I just, you know, sometimes, yeah, you just wish because we never stop learning. We always have to stop growing or we die. If you don't grow, you die. Really? And that's the thing. You can't just get out of school and expect, you know, everything. Schools, yes, they want to hype you up to get you to a salon, but you should never think you know everything you need to know from just leaving school. Why would you, you know, uh, 40, like 40 plus years later, still be teaching, still be doing stuff? You could say, well, I know everything. I'm, I'm set. I have a cushy career. I don't need to do anything. I've made my, but then you're leaving your legacy and you're also making a difference in everybody that you influence. Whether they see one video, whether they read the Haircutter's Handbook, whether they meet you in person, whether they're listening to this podcast, whatever nugget of gold that we can leave for other people, I think that's the best way. And a lot of the stuff that we're concentrating on is to say we have no concept for what we're speaking about today. It's whatever flows. And I think this is really what people need to hear. And everything you need to, everything that David is saying is gold and if you don't get it rewind re-listen and a couple times if you have to until you implement that then you're going to see the changes because people say oh i know i know i know and then don't do it and then they wonder why oh i'm losing clients i better put my prices up well maybe if you were better get people don't come for the haircut they come for the experience and that's what they're paying for is that experience with you not your assistance, not with any of that kind of stuff. They want that experience with you. And that's what they're paying for your time. Anybody can, I can cut sure. your hair. David can cut your hair. Sure. We both can cut hair, but my experience, uh, the customer's experience is going to be different than with me yeah. than it is with him. And we work very similar. I'm so soon trained, but I like it when kids, when clients are there just to relax, it's their time to get away from the spouse, the kids, the job. Yes. And then I'm like you, I'm in my zone. I'm focused when I'm working and then they can have that cut last, like not just four weeks, but four months, four years. I've had some clients, but they're like, it was cut so well. I didn't need to come back, you know, that, that sort of thing. And that's what it is. When you're a master stylist, you can get those money. Why does, Ted Gibson charge what he does, and then somebody who works at a lower end charge what they do. Is well, their haircuts different? You know. <laughs> well, you know, you point to so many things yeah. when you talk, and it's awesome. And, and once you bring up master mastery or master stylist, yeah. it, it, it it's it's almost uh, humorous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of the people that I know who yes. uh, who are masters, you yes. know, like <laughs> Miller. Uh, Sam, yeah. Stephen, Rudy, yeah. um, you know, they never refer to themselves no. as masters. No. It's not on their card. No. They don't call themselves master stylists. There is no designation master mm -hmm. stylist. And they never, I don't think a single one of, 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 of them, uh, myself included, mm -hmm. uh, ever says, I already know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. we, we don't say that. It, it, first of all, we're mostly in awe. Yes. And wonder. Mm -hmm. When I watch my peers and they do something that I've done mm -hmm. and I didn't know they did it, yes. I don't go, oh, I already know that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes. 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 Yeah. You know, and, and, and so 
that's a sure sign that someone is not in the playground of mm -hmm. mastery. You know, yes. mastery is, is something that's ongoing mm -hmm. and it lives in education. Exactly. It exactly. lives in education. In the Haircutter's mm -hmm. Handbook, I yeah. actually say proficiency and expertise mm -hmm. is a function of practice and, and, and repetition. Mm -hmm. you want to and, be that, and, and that's exactly you it. You want to be an expert in something, practice. Yeah. Do it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. you want to be a master, share your knowledge, coach another mm -hmm. in their abilities to yes. grow in that. And that's the playground for it. Education is the playground for discovering mm -hmm. mastery. It's a discovery. Exactly. And by teaching someone else, then it shows you what you know or what you think you know, or what you don't know. <laughs> yeah. so, because a lot of people think they know everything, but when they go to teach it to someone else who has no experience, um, what you have, you know what I mean? Because we, we don't know what we don't know until we try to teach it, right? Yeah. And, and just to go back on the other point a little bit, like a master stylist, clients will go in, they'll look at the list, they'll say junior stylist, salon stylist, artistic stylist, master stylist. So they figure the master stylist must be the best or the yeah. owner must be the best. You could have right. 30 years of experience and be incredible, or you could have 30 years of experience of doing that same haircut over and over for 30 years. Right. So basically that's what, you know, and the client's also paying for that. So you could have 30 years of the same thing over and over and over and over. Does you it know, make you better? <laughs> most expensive person isn't necessarily the best. Mm -hmm. They may just be the busiest, but you yeah. know, I'd like to go back to something you said mm -hmm. uh, about, uh, about language and teaching people. Yes. That's why I wrote the haircutters handbook. Mm -hmm. Um, the, hair, the original haircutter, if I may, the original yes. haircutter's handbook, which I, which I published in 1986, yes. which means I wrote it before 1986, yes. came in three sections, and okay. they were the standard language of haircutting. In mm -hmm. 1986, there was no standard language yes. of haircutting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the second section was a proposed, a suggested curriculum for mm -hmm. a salon owner that didn't have the opportunity to train at a salon like you did, Brad, or yes. like I did, mm -hmm. and, uh, and doesn't know how to create a training program yes. or an apprentice or protege program. Mm -hmm. And the third section, which I actually wrote first, oh, okay. was the apprentice manual. Yes. And I wrote it while I was working at the New York City Bedell mm -hmm. Sassoon on Fifth Avenue mm -hmm. at the GM building yeah. uh, back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the apprentice manual and that was it. And I hadn't really planned on writing a book. No, just write there, down some, <laughs> some, some things, some thoughts, put it together. And that's one thing I was surprised. Like I have it, I have it here, <laughs> right? So because I say it, and, and one comment I made, it's like having a cosmetology book because there's so much in here. It's not, here's some haircuts I've done. Here's a couple little notes because you cover sanitation. You cover the apprenticeship thing. And I read it. I'm like, is this really in here? <laughs> because you think, you know, oh, it's for hairstyle. But I think a lot of people, like you say, you have to go back to basics and really those foundations. And a lot of people really don't know how to train their apprentices yes. to, and, to be better stylists. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but... Oh, we have all the time you need. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I'm not concerned. Um, wonderful. So, 
it was that ability to communicate educator to educator yes how the hair cutters handbook came into being so i yes i wrote the apprentice manual and it was mm -hmm. used for i don't know how many 10 or 15 years after i left yes Susan. um but one day i was the education director at the the greatest editorial salon in new york mm -hmm. pino bucchieri uh yes. it was uh created by mark pepino Mm -hmm. uh, the late Mark Pepino and the late Richard Bucchieri, two former artistic directors at Fidel Sassoon, and it housed the greatest collection at one time of salon hairdressers mm -hmm. and editorial hairdressers. Yes. Not only did we go in the studio and work for the magazines, mm -hmm. but we rushed back to the salon. On our days off, we were in the studio and we were booked solid. And I worked with some of the best hairdressers uh, in New York City at this salon. And I was education director. I was an editorial stylist, mm -hmm. uh, editorial, uh, yep, editorial stylist. Yep. And I cut hair behind the chair. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to the left of me was Edward Tricomi. And to the right of me was Rick Pepino. And uh, it was awesome. What a great time. And one night I was teaching class. I was, I was yeah. assigning, uh, assigning models to the mm -hmm. uh, instructor teaching. Yes. And I said, you know, Teach Linda Abab mm -hmm. and teach Stephen um, layering mm -hmm. and teach Grant round graduation. Okay. And, and the instructor said to me, what's round graduation? <laughs> I was like, well, it's this, it's this, it's mm -hmm. this, it's this, it's this. And 20 yeah. minutes later, mm -hmm. he said to me, oh, that's what you call it? Oh. I call okay. it? this yes. horizontal layers yes mm -hmm. and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> well, what i realized mm -hmm. was every other profession mm -hmm. particularly in the arts yes. has a standard language it doesn't matter if you dance yes. mark graham alvin ailey balanchine it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you say pirouette yes every dancer will do the exact same move exactly yeah in their style mm -hmm. but it's not up for grabs and when i realized we didn't have a standard language that's how i put together that's how i wrote the haircutters handbook mm -hmm. and um that's how it came to be so over the years that was the initial three sections yes the language the curriculum and the apprentice manual yes in the 10-year anniversary edition mm -hmm. i revised it and i added three articles okay the value of continuing education what is the job that we actually have mm -hmm. what is our job yes and um and my approach to haircutting which is known as the plain blending method which mm -hmm. is a wet and dry fusion yes you know, some people are dogmatic and they mm -hmm. say wet precision cutting is the way to do it no. and some people are dry cutters and they yep. say no some people say razor and they're dogmatic mm -hmm. and some people say shears and no texturizing yes but what i say is is that there's benefits mm -hmm. to both wet and dry yes. hair cutting mm -hmm. and it's up to us to know what those benefits are mm -hmm. and when to apply them so yes. i replied book in 1996 mm -hmm. and that's when Videl Sassoon yes. uh, wrote the preface for my book and endorsed it which I'm mm -hmm. so that's amazing for. yeah 
From that moment <laughs> on, we had a relationship together and mm -hmm. we remained friends throughout my career. I'm so mm -hmm. honored to know both uh, uh, Elon, his son, and mm -hmm. Eden, who his both daughter. Of yep. gave wonderful quotes to the book, as mm -hmm. did Edward uh, Tricomi yeah. and Sam Bia. I can't thank everybody enough mm -hmm. who endorsed the Haircutter's Handbook. Yes. And then for the 30th anniversary, if I may, mm -hmm. I just expanded it like even further. I was like, mm -hmm. you know what? That, you know, who knows what tomorrow may bring. Mm -hmm. And I just added an incredible amount of material to the 30th anniversary edition. And uh, the response to it has been overwhelming. I'm, I'm really excited that people, people have embraced it the way that they have. Mm -hmm. We have a, a lot of members, illustrious members in the Haircutters Handbook Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And uh, people have, uh, have purchased the book on Amazon. Yeah. In, in the UK, in Ireland, in Greece, mm -hmm. in Italy, in um, in Israel, uh, Canada. Wow! Wow! Yeah. I just got a, a message a DM from uh, a, a great colleague, Yoshio Ono, uh, who has mm -hmm. been following uh, New York City hairdressers for his whole career. Yes. Japanese hairdressers over to work with uh, with us, learn from us, study from us. Mm -hmm. And he sent me a beautiful message saying how much he wants to bring the Haircutters uh, Handbook to oh. Japan. So I, yeah. I'm so honored that people have embraced it as they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I've heard nothing but great reviews. Um, probably somebody you know, Laurie Bermani, right? The same sort of thing. So she said, you have to get this book. I absolutely love this book. I've never seen anything that's been written better. And I know she's been raving, raving, raving. So when you have people that are actually advocates for you, I think you know you've done something right. When people say you need, this is something you have to have. It's not like don't. And it's, it's, it's fairly thick. It's not a... So I think I must have the newest version because it says 33 and a third anniversary edition, yeah. right? You know, <laughs> so well, I got the one with all the stuff. Then I'll yeah. wait for the 43 and... <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You talk about challenges. You know, my story yeah. is that I'm a challenged hairdresser mm -hmm. and, you know, everything didn't come easy to me. Yeah. I didn't have a mentor. I've had many mentors. Yes. Um, some of which no one knows who they are, some of which only people in the industry, Mary mm -hmm. Lou Green, yeah. uh, Alan Vernon Keach, Lucian Shirillo, Nicholas yeah. Villardi, Nicholas Natural. I mean, mm -hmm. the list goes on of yeah. who my mentors are. And, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have somebody who brought me along mm -hmm. uh, and introduced yeah. me to, to who I should know. Yes. I didn't work for a product manufacturer, so nobody mm -hmm. put me up on stage. Yes. So I've had my challenges. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't necessarily know what my original point was. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, the 33 and a third. Yes. And so I ran into difficulties mm -hmm. publishing the book. Yes. And I didn't meet the deadline for ah. the 30th anniversary. Okay. Okay. And, and this is how you turn uh, to roses. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I thought, well, am I going to wait for 35? And who mm -hmm. cares about 32? Exactly. And I realized it's all rock and roll. It and is. So, and so I made it 33 and a third because mm -hmm. analog education rocks. And if you yeah. know 33 and a third, yeah. then you know what it signifies. Mm -hmm. It's RPMs yeah. of, of vinyl. Exactly, of exactly. So, you know, that's how, to all the hairdressers who face challenges, mm -hmm. 
you have to take the challenge that comes up in front of you mm -hmm. and look how you can turn that into an opportunity for yourself. Exactly, exactly. No, I love that it was 33 and a third. And that's what I recognized and say it's with that, but also the anchor rather than just the 30th edition. But when you have an, a number that's <laughs> a little bit different, it's like, okay, the party's at eight well then everybody's fine but if it's at 807 people are like oh they're going to remember a little bit better because it's not your normal <laughs> your normal number and i'm so happy that it's been so well received because it's something obviously everybody should get but um before we go a little bit further where can people get it so if they're interested in the haircutters handbook where can they purchase great uh the handbook can be purchased on amazon.com Okay. And all you have to do is type in the Haircutters Handbook mm -hmm. and it comes right up. It's available, uh, as you showed, in uh, this format, yep. which is a book, and I'm really proud of it. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Chris Johnson, my designer, um, mm -hmm. who designed a really cool book. It, yes. He calls it a bookazine. Oh. Uh, you know, it's a <laughs> it's like a magazine and a book. And, a <laughs> uh, and I'm yeah. really, really stoked. Chris Johnson and Loose Design, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And it's available on Amazon.com, both as a print version mm -hmm. and as a Kindle ebook. Oh, that's it's even better. Cool, because if you go yeah. on the road to teach, it's one less thing to put in your suitcase. Yes. And, and if you uh, want, uh, you know, Edward Tricomi just told me mm -hmm. he was going to download it uh, for yeah. his whole entire staff and give it mm -hmm. to them as a gift. So uh, if you want to give your staff a, 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 an inexpensive gift, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Kindle version is obviously less yeah. expensive. Um, so that's where it's available. The book literally came out when the pandemic hit. Oh, so wow. I'm on a oh, virtual okay. book tour now. Yes. <laughs> excited to be here. And so Amazon.com, the Haircutters yeah. Handbook. Um, and I, I would like to just say to people how to spell my last name if they want to yeah. be in touch. It's K-I-N. I-G-S-O-N, Kinnickson. Mm -hmm. And they can find me at David Kinnickson on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah, and we'll also make sure that the links are there. They'll be on. So once once Thanks. this airs, it'll be on the video. Plus, it'll be on the description um, everywhere. And we'll put the Amazon link as well. Cool. So then that way, people can just click it. It's right there. It's easy to get. Like, as I say, like, I mean, it's almost fate. It came out right before the pandemic because then if people are stuck at home, you have lots to read, right? So it keeps you, gets you ready because even going through the book, looking at some of the, say, like graduation or some of the different things, maybe those are things you're struggling with, but the yeah. book has the answers right here. And then when you come back to your clients, they're like, wow, my haircut is so much better. What did you do? Because you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, it's all the these thing. little things clients notice, right? Well, they do notice it. And in a, in a diminishing return, they notice that. And, you know, look, there are some hairdressers that know how to make money. Mm -hmm. And they don't need to take a class in how to make money. Yes. Some struggle with that and they should learn. Yes. Um, some don't cut a hair as, as good as the next person, mm -hmm. but they have a personality for days. Yep. And some can cut hair terrific, but they don't have a good, everybody- No personality. <laughs> but yep. there are three areas mm -hmm. that people have the opportunity to upgrade their skills. Mm -hmm. And they are what I call your inspirational and growth mindset. Yes. Your 
uh, style and technical skill set and your language and theory set. Mm. And, you know, there are lots of different ways we learn. It's important to find the ways that you don't like as much as the others. You know, some people, and and study those, some people, I really love watching a Mm -hmm. demo. Yes. Mm -hmm. But hands-on, I don't like it when somebody is standing over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. You know what? Overcome that challenge. Yes. You know, some people uh, can speak about what they know how to do, but some people don't have the verbiage for it. Mm-hmm. If you have the verbiage for it, not so much that you give that verbiage to your clients. Yes. That's not the point. That's our language. Mm-hmm. Our exactly. language. Their language is beauty. Exactly. Our language is technique. Mm-hmm. And so that language, which is ours and ours alone, the standard language of haircutting, is useful in educating with one another. Mm-hmm. And when they hear you talking to your peers and your juniors or your protégés, yes. your mentees, as Tabitha likes to call them, mm-hmm. um, that adds to the experience that they're getting. We don't need to speak technical terms to them no they want to hear it with each other mm-hmm. exactly and nobody i mean most clients don't know you know i'm gonna taper at your occipital i'm going to you know they, they have no idea what you're saying they'll smile and say okay and then they're like why is the back short well you said it was okay you know like that yeah. that sort of thing and that's the biggest thing and that's one takeaway from today the biggest skill is to listen right? Listen, listen. And there's, well, there's so many nuggets. That's not just the only one, but there's, there's so many. That's but a powerful I, one. <laughs> but I mean, you, it's at the heart of it. Exactly. And that's going to save you a lot. And if you're having a diminishing clientele, maybe this is something you can try. If you've tried everything else, it doesn't matter how much advertising you put out. It doesn't matter how many discounts you give, which I don't believe you should do, but you, ha- you know, you have to give them that experience. And what can you do to raise the bar for yourself and your salon and the experience? I think that's the biggest thing. What can you do to raise the bar? But you're not only the most famous hairstylist that uh, people never knew. You also have a love for music. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit. So how did your love of music come about? Sure. Well, you know, um, I grew up in a house where... Uh, one of my earliest challenges that was imparted on me was I grew up in a house where we were deemed by my mother as listeners. Mm. The world needs listeners. Now, we've talked about listening, and we can see the value of that. Yes. On the other hand, uh, if you're told you can't sing <laughs> and, and uh, you should be a listener, yes. well, that could be a little mm-hmm. limiting. And yes. so uh, I grew up, writing, as I said. And so I wrote poetry, which can become lyrics. But I didn't start playing guitar until I was 36 years old. Okay. I went through the better part of my life not thinking I could play Mm -hmm. a a musical instrument. Mm -hmm. And then thanks to the breakthroughs I had in personal growth programs that I took and working on myself to be yes. what we call today the best me I can be, mm-hmm. my best self. Yes. Um, I began to learn, I taught myself how to sing and 
later on how to play guitar. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've been playing guitar now for quite some time, but I've always been a, a listener of music and okay. I love music. And when I finally picked up the guitar um, half my life ago, mm -hmm. I, uh, or so, maybe not quite half my life, um, <laughs> I, um, I began to write songs mm -hmm. and I hung out with musicians and I developed my craft in songwriting very similarly to how I developed my craft in haircutting. Okay. When I first became a hairdresser at 19 mm -hmm. years old, I sought out the best possible, there were no DVDs, there was okay. no internet, uh, there was only live education mm -hmm. by people who you could find yes. who knew how to cut hair. Mm -hmm. And so I, saw, I spent the first seven years of my hairdressing career looking for the best possible people that I could work with. And I did the same with, um, with music. From mm -hmm. the time that I picked up my guitar and I bought my very first guitar from Zeke Shine at Matt Umanov's on Bleecker mm -hmm. Street in New York, Uh, as soon as I walked out of the store, uh, I began uh, forming my band. Okay. And I went to my first open mic night so oh. that I could learn how to play guitar, mm -hmm. how to perform, and how to get my band together. Yes. All at the same time, mm -hmm. synergistically, rather yes. than linearly. Mm -hmm. First, I'll learn to play guitar, yes. then I'll learn how to perform, mm -hmm. and then I'll get my band together. No, no, no. I practice them all together, okay. and I have the bands and the music that I like, the people that mm -hmm. influence me, like everybody else. Yes. I'm influenced by the best songwriters, you know, from Leonard Cohen to Bob Dylan to Bruce Springsteen mm -hmm. to Lucinda Williams. Uh, I mean, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You can be influenced by so many talent and bands. And so I write in a, in a few different genres and a few different styles. I like to say that my, my music is uh, 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 lyrically driven, mm -hmm. the words matter, yes. and melodically derivative. Mm -hmm. So I might write a, a doo-wop song. I might mm -hmm. write a, 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 a rip-pop type of song. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of great musicians, primarily out of the New York uh, music scene. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. I, I, come from, I come from a very tight-knit um, community mm -hmm. of inclusive songwriters. Tight-knit, but inclusive, called the anti-folk scene, the Lower East oh, okay. New York <laughs> anti-folk scene. Mm -hmm. um, great songwriters, Pale Face. The Moldy Peaches, Kimya and Adam, Latch, Joey Dead Blonde Girlfriend, Regina Spector, mm. um, I mean, uh, Tim, uh, not Tim Buckley, uh, Jeff Buckley, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. came out of this scene or passed through the scene. And mm -hmm. so the, um, the, the ability, you know, Vidal said, mm -hmm. surround yourself with the best people. And yes. so I did that when I was introducing myself to the music community mm -hmm. as well, is I surrounded myself with the best people. And now so many years later, um, no, I haven't had a hit, but my mm -hmm. songs have been on The Voice. Uh, oh. My songs have been um, okay. uh, on, um, in, in movies. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing to write home to mom about. You know, <laughs> I'm an Academy Award and I, I have a bucket list. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been a great life and it continues. Yeah.
Well, and it's definitely something to be proud of. And it's nice seeing you so animated and so passionate. And so, because that's when you can tell you're in your zone, you're in your bliss, right? And that's what we should all be, I think, every day of our lives. Like always be in that zone where you're passionate, where you're excited about life, where you want to, you know, also give, like you say, humble just because, oh, it's been on here, it's been on there. But that's still a great accomplishment for some that, do very little at least you've got it out there and that's the big thing we have to step out yeah and thank you for that but 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 you know what i want you point to so many great things when when you talk brad mm -hmm. and and when you talk about passion mm -hmm. where passion is derived from is something outside yourself mm -hmm. that you see possible for yourself that inspires you now it lives in the future mm. and you you see something and it gives you juice it lights yes. up now mm -hmm. and then what happens is we come across challenges and obstacles and what happens is we uh we overcome some of those hurdles mm -hmm. and some of them we don't and if you butt up against enough challenges that you don't overcome, or you've been thwarted, or you've been stymied, or you've been you know, squashed and told you can't do that, mm -hmm. what happens is you slowly lose that passion mm -hmm. because nothing's inspiring you. And what I encourage mm -hmm. people who want to have growth they want to accomplish something more in their career they see mm -hmm. something possible is yes. to start anew mm -hmm. and find something that lights you up something that is outside yourself mm -hmm. that you want for yourself yes. that empowers you now mm -hmm. that's worth yes over coming up against and then getting over that challenge mm -hmm. Exactly. And then when you do, you'll, when you hit that challenge, mm -hmm. you'll step back, pause for a moment, and do things that are thoughtful things that allow you to everything from breathe to look and see what exactly is the challenge and what intentional action yes. could I take? that if I took that challenge, that action, it would be consistent with overcoming the challenge in order to accomplish my goal. Mm -hmm. And now we're in the domain of getting outside your comfort zone. Exactly. That's actually how you do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in a, a little brief yes. Yeah, I, I could talk about it for for hours and do <laughs> that'll be part two and part three of our series <laughs> but i just love to see the passion and i'm sure like everybody listening to wants to hear your music but before that only if you want to um but we usually i like to in closing we usually do like even though you've given us so much already, I usually like to have that last nugget of gold that you kind of want to impart to everyone. Sure. So there are two things that I would say. I would say time. Please slow down time 
And from the time that you clean your station with all the new protocols and welcome your client, escort them to your chair, do your service, whatever it may be, and walk them back to the desk, share with them the products, say goodbye to them, slow down time. Time is an illusion and time is your friend. And the second thing that I would uh, leave with them is, and use the time to upgrade your mm -hmm. skills. Yeah. And then the second one that I would, I would leave them with is the importance of listening. And if you already think you know, you know, what you don't know you don't know is very powerful, Brad. Mm -hmm. It's a large portion of the methodology that I, yes. I is at the core of, of what I do, um, is getting over in their world. Mm. And instead of being, listen for how you're being adversarial with them, even though you might not think so. And eradicate that from the conversation. And people often say, where do you get your in inspiration? And this is the nugget. Everybody knows you can get your inspiration from all kinds of things. From art, music, film, the street, youth. Videl Sassoon himself got it from architecture yes. and the Bauhaus. Colorists get it from the sunset. Inspiration from the everything. Mm -hmm. But one place isn't so obvious, but is the most powerful. Get it from your client or your guest. Allow your client or guest to be your muse. And if you can get in that domain, if you can get in that arena, it requires a certain authenticity on your part to listen in a way that you've heard them in a different way than they've ever heard been heard before and differently than you've ever heard a person. And when you do, and we don't always do it, sometimes we fail, but when you do, you become musified and that guest or client is your muse. And in that moment, you'll know exactly what to formulate. You'll know exactly what to cut. It will be outside yourself and you'll be tapped into the everything and there's inspiration. Wow, that's more than a nugget. It's a whole gold rush. <laughs> but that's, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm not sure if David, you want to play for us. If you if you feel it or if you don't feel it, okay. So I'll let you play us out. You can sing or not sing. That's totally up to you. And then uh, I'll make sure that we have all the links. My nugget of gold is to make sure to get David's book on Amazon.com, the Haircutters Handbook. While David's getting ready there, I want to say thank you so much for being on the Hairstyles Empowerment Podcast. And then I'll let David take it away. Well. Thanks. Um, I really appreciate the time that we spent together, Brad. You're, you're uh, great to talk to. Thank you. And uh, I put this up. It's a, a somewhat of a new song, and I put it up um, on my page not too long ago. And it's dedicated to uh, everybody who's still staying home. 
called Out on the Town. Awesome, awesome. Can you hear the guitar? I can, yes, yeah. If I should forgive you, I might just forget you. I can't remember any good times I had with you. I can't think of no one I would rather lie to. I can't love you anymore. Can't ever give it away. You won't ever let it be. You can't make a memory if you don't really care for me. You can't break away from me or convince me to shamelessly love you anymore. There might have been others who love you harder. There may have been moments etched in my mind. Yes, there will be laughter and happy ever after. Echoing from the rafters, love is blind. We can't live without it, so we're figuring out it. We won't make a fuss, no, 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 I'll talk shit about it. We know we can't hide it, we won't try to fight it. I can't love you anymore, I can't love you. There's no way for me to love you anymore than I do. No way for me to stop loving you. Yay! <laughs> well, I'll say that that uh, David, you're my first musical guest <laughs> on the show. So, but what a delight! What a delight! Yeah, catchy. I was bopping along. It's so good. Thanks. Thanks well, we'll have to like download your music from iTunes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't particularly warmed up, but uh, that was but fine. It was, it was great. great. It was great. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for everybody joining and uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe and comment. And we'll have David's address there. So if you need to contact him, he's always available and we'll have the Amazon link and all his um, uh, social media handle uh, available as well. So thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Brad. <laughs>